While day three of free agency was not as active as the first two days of free agency, we still have a handful of deals that we need to go over and how they're going to impact the teams that made them. We're going to get into those deals and more right after this. Welcome to the number one place for your daily basketball news and analysis, NBA Central. What's going on, NBA fans? Welcome to another episode of NBA Central, your number one spot for everything NBA-related. I'm the host here, Hayes. Well, one of the hosts. Holding it down for the collective. You guys can follow the show at NBA Central Pod on every social media platform that we are on. But let's go ahead and get into the deals that went down yesterday. One of the biggest deals that went down was Demonis Sabonis signing a five-year, $217 million contract extension with the Sacramento Kings. Now, Sabonis, since his trade to the Kings, has formed a nice pairing with De'Aaron Fox. And as that Kings team looks to continue to improve, they've already re-signed Harrison Barnes. And they're keeping primarily that same team together. And I think a lot of people look at that team as a team that could be on the come up just by the natural development of some of their young players. And, you know, as we continue to see the rise of both Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox, I, I feel like this, I feel like it's a good tandem. You want to keep that team together as much as you can. You want to keep that roster together and the young pieces of that roster uh, intact as well. Yes, they have some, some players on that roster that, you know, they maybe could look to move or may not still be around. You look at Malik Monk, things like that. But I really like their roster. Keegan Murray as well had a pretty solid uh, year, and I think as he continues to develop, only still being two, uh, 22. He's 22 years old um, and stuff like that. I really like uh, what the Sacramento Kings have been developing down there. They still are a little bit a, a ways away, right? 48 and 34 last season, but uh, you know, locking in Sabonis to a long-term extension to go right along with De'Aaron Fox as they continue to develop, I think is the right deal down there for them. Now, next up, Jordan Clarkson stays with the Utah Jazz, signing a three-year, $55 million contract extension. I think when you look at the impact that Jordan Clarkson can have, either starting or coming off your bench, um, this is a fair deal for Jordan Clarkson. I actually think it's one of the better value contracts we've also seen signed. Like, yeah, you could make the conversation and the argument, you know, he's getting older. That's a team that's obviously wanting to get younger. Has They're a ways away off. Uh, from really, you know, being something as far as even trying to get close to be, being able to call themselves a contender. But I like the Utah Jazz's roster overall. You look at him and Colin Sexton and what they could be as a backcourt, throwing Chris Dunn if they end up retaining him as well. Ochi Abaje, who's a player that I was high on in the draft that he came in, still has a lot of upside as well. Add that to Laurie Marketing, their new acquisition in John Collins, Walker Kessler and how he's really he really developed over his rookie year and brought that skill set of rim protection and rebounding and pick-and-roll offense as well. You add that to them drafting Taylor Hendricks, who's a young guy that a lot of people are high on as well, with the other players they have on that roster. I really like what the Utah Jazz have done. Probably one of the better on-the-fly rebuilds that we've seen in recent memory. They lock in Jordan Clarkson, make sense for that team and kind of where they're going. And it seems like they're going to be a team that may pivot from outright tanking to actually trying to compete for a play-in, playoff spot next season. And I think it will be fun to watch if they continue to do that. Now, yesterday also was kind of capped off by having uh, two surprising returns, right? One that was less surprising in Miles Bridges taking the one-year uh, qualifying offer uh, from the, uh, the the Charlotte Hornets, which, you know, we'll see what that ends up meaning for his long-term future with the Hornets and how that shakes down for him and the team. But Miles Bridges, I've always said this, right? I know that what he went through, well, not what he went through, what he did is unacceptable. And, I, and I'm and i not somebody who who says that, but everybody deserves at least one shot at redemption. And, you know, shout out to Bobby from Shy Bulls Podcast who pointed that out as well. Like, I, I stole that quote from him. But I agree with that, right? 
yes, he did some fuckery, right? Let's just be clear here. And I think that everybody deserves that shot at trying to redeem themselves and also having their their livelihood and career. And so, you know, if he comes back, uh, well, he's coming back. He stays out of trouble. We'll see what he does with this one year. I'm sure he's hoping to, hit, to kind of rebuild his image, focus on basketball for the next year, kind of come back and see what he can give that Hornets team. And if he can help push that team with, with maybe LaMelo Ball being more healthy, uh, uh, Brandon Miller coming in there, we'll see what they end up doing with P.J. Washington. Uh, they still have, you know, they have uh, Mark Williams down there, who was their draft pick last year, who I re- I'm really hiring Mark Williams and his upside as well. Want to see him play with with Miles Bridges and Brandon Miller. So, you know, overall, Miles Bridges has a chance to really rehab his career, rehab his future. He took the one-year qualifying offer. We'll see how much they play, and we'll see how well he plays in the minutes he gets as well. And if he does, he goes back to free agency next year, will be an unrestricted free agent in next year's offseason and have an opportunity and a chance to, you know, maybe recoup and sign a much larger long-term contract if he performs and stays out of trouble. But I will say this. I, I, there are a lot of things that, that, that you have pegged, but one you don't is Dante Exum returning to the NBA. Now, this is a guy who, who in his, his draft class, draw comparisons to, to Kobe Bryant, right? That was some of the comps made from Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant. But, you know, he went away. Uh, he, 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 Went, went back overseas, played extremely well for them overall. This is a former fifth overall pick. He, he gets signed by the Dallas Mavericks after performing well overseas. And as we know with the Dallas Mavericks, they did not have a lot to spend. They did not have a lot of assets, even though they've added some to this team. They uh, got Derek Lively coming in there. You now bring in Dante Exum, who could, you know, we'll see what he ends up turning into and if he can rehab that career. Dante Exum, still a, a young player. 27 years old is Dante Exum. So you don't maybe expect a lot of like development after that age. But again, he was a guy who never quite got put it together in the NBA, right? Went away. We've seen players go away before, go overseas. They're able to come back and just be more solid in their role and understand what they can do and how to impact the game. We'll see Dante Exum at one point presented to be a uh, uh, projected to be a solid two-way player at the NBA level, that never uh, turned out. In his NBA career, only averaging 5.7 points per game. He played 245 games total, shot the ball 40% overall from the field, 30% from three-point range. We end up seeing now what Dante Exum, after going overseas, developing over there, playing pretty well, hasn't played in the NBA since 2021, hasn't really been gone that long either when I guess you put it into that perspective. But this is a guy who played extremely well overseas can now come the Dallas Mavericks need as much talent as possible cheap talent at that that they can get the most value out of and we'll see how Dante Exum performs and now returning to the NBA after being gone for two years and then there are a couple of smaller deals that happen the Warriors continue to reshape their bench bringing in Corey Joseph on a one-year deal um we end up seeing what he can do Corey Joseph is one of those players I think if you put him in the right situation and especially on the bench that it looks like the Golden State Warriors are, are building there as well, that I, I think that he can, I'm not going to say he's going to be any world beat or anything like that. Is He's not. He's not going to come in and, and be a six-man-of-the-year candidate or anything like that. But I think you got a solid value for a nice player that, like I said, can perform in their role, perform well in that role, and you end up seeing how it shakes out with that depth chart. Right now, when you look at the Golden State Warriors, of course, uh, uh, Curry, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green coming back, uh, Kevon Looney still down there. Um, they still have, and you add that now to Chris Paul, Corey Joseph coming off the bench, Gary Payton the second if he's able to play as well. Uh, Kamingo, what are his expectations now coming into next season? Probably having more of a role than what he had before. Moses Moody still down there, right? So 
Oh, and Brandon uh, Podomitsky, who they drafted. So they are doing a solid job, I think, of kind of reshaping that bench. The biggest question is, is how, what performance level are they going to get out of that bench? And that's kind of the biggest question left there uh, for the Warriors in my mind. But I think this is a, so- a solid signing, smaller signing, but still a solid one. Next up, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan, Justin Holiday on a one-year deal going to the Denver Nuggets. Again, the Nuggets who just won the title, uh, trying to uh, replace Bruce Brown, right, and trying to figure out what they can do now uh, with losing a piece like a Bruce Brown who was important to what they did, right? And I've always said before, too, like, I think when, as long as you have Murray down there, you have, um, you have Jokic down there, you have the team that they have, as long as you, you, you give a player that's going to compete, come off screens, be able to shoot the three, they're going to be able to u- utilize and get the most out of that. They're still returning most of their, all of their starting five. They have Reggie Jackson coming in. Um, Justin Holiday now coming in as well. That is still going to be a team that I definitely think can compete. And as long as Jokic is Jokic and that starting five does what they can, uh, listen, this is going to be a team that's still going to be at the top of the West. They're still going to compete. That still has another chance to make it to the finals. And we'll see. I don't think they're done quite yet either, but I like the acquisition of Justin Holiday down there for them. Eric Gordon, one-year deal to the Phoenix Suns, who the Suns continue to do more than what I think a lot of us expect them to do to add depth to that team. One of the biggest problems with that team was depth. And after they traded um, for Bradley Bill, it didn't really eliminate any of those depth questions. But now we're starting to see that roster round out a little bit more. But yeah, the Suns who continue to find a way to add talent to the bench that needed it, right? You look at, the, you look at their bench now. Campaign coming off that bench. Terrence Ross coming off the bench. What do they do with Torrey Craig? Drew Eubanks is down there now. You have Eric Gordon coming in who still can outright shoot the basketball and play a role while you have other players that are absolutely going to get a lot of the attention and focus down there. You got Josh Okogie coming into that roster as well and what he he can mean for that team. So overall, I really do like what the, how the Phoenix Suns are trying to add depth to that team and you know keeping some of the pieces that, 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 they, that they can. Um, and trying to, you know, make the most out of it. They went for it. That Bradley Bill trade is still one that I think a lot of people weren't quite expecting the Suns to be the one to make that deal. And it's still gonna, they're still going to have their questions absolutely on how that roster is going to overall shake out, right? Especially because now it seems like um, Devin Booker is going to possibly be running the point there. Um, so we'll see. But the Suns continue making solid moves to add some depth to that team. And we'll see how that ends up shaking out for them as well. And then, so that's kind of overall the, the, the biggest deals come. We had some smaller deals, as we always do across the, the NBA landscape. As always, you're going to get those smaller deals that go down. But that's kind of the, most of the bigger deals. Now, we'll continue seeing how free agency goes going forward for the teams. And, and overall, see if we get any more surprises. We're still kind of waiting on that Dame Lillard chip to, to fall. And I think a lot of teams are kind of waiting to see how that ends up shaking out. Uh, overall and what, what teams that ends up impacting. But, you know, that's really kind of it. We did get uh, word that apparently the New York Knicks, who have been rumored in every talk for every star that's come available from Dame Lillard to, to, to James Harden, it's actually came out that they are not aggressively pursuing either player, and they plan to basically run it back with primarily their core intact. I know there are going to be some Knicks fans that absolutely hate that. There are going to be some that love it, but we'll end up seeing. Free agency, never a dull day. we still got a lot of chips left to fall and to see how teams improve themselves heading into when teams, when players can officially start signing with teams on the 7th of July. Let me know what you guys think of all that. 
down below. Make sure you're following the show at NBA Central Pod on every social media platform. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, NBA Central Show at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything basketball related. And I'll see you guys the next time I feel like making a video. Probably tomorrow. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.